0: The text for the sermon this morning is Luke 24, the verses 50 to 53. Luke 24, beginning at verse 50. And There we read God's word as follows. And he, Jesus led them, the disciples, out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. Now it came to pass while he blessed them that he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. Amen. So far, the text, I now request Reverend Bidard to deliver the sermon.
1: Dear brothers and sisters in our Lord Jesus Christ, we talk with our mouths, but we also talk with the gestures that we make. We communicate many things to others through body language. People who follow hockey playoffs don't need to listen to sport casters to know who won the last game. They only need to look at the gestures the players make or at their faces at the end of the game. Players from the losing team skate with their heads hanging down. Frustration is on their face and they look downcast. Whereas the players of the winning team are full, full of exuberance. This is what is called non-verbal communication. In our text today, Luke does not, ma- does not mention any word spoken by Jesus. He does, however, mention a gesture Jesus made. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. This gesture might be considered just a detail, yet it carries a great significance. It is at the very moment when he is leaving earth, to ascend into heaven, that Christ makes this gesture. This is a crucial moment in Jesus' ministry and in the whole history of redemption. Why did Christ make this gesture? What did he want to communicate through this gesture? How did the disciples receive it? And what is its meaning for us today? It is with great joy that I proclaim to you the good news that while ascending into heaven, the Lord Jesus Christ blessed his church. We will see first the nature of this blessing and second the response to this blessing. So first let us consider the nature of this blessing. Jesus' ascension is described with very few words. Verse 51 says, While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. Both the Gospel of Mark and the book of Acts also describe the same event in very simple terms. We read in Mark 16, So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. In Acts chapter 1, we read, And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And that's all. No other detail. It is quite surprising when one thinks of all the many details mentioned about Jesus' sufferings and death. Yet Christ's ascension is as important as his death. All that Christ did while on earth would be totally useless if he had not ascended into heaven. Just before disappearing into the clouds, Jesus made a final gesture, a totally fascinating gesture. He lifted up his hands and blessed his disciples. For 40 days, Jesus had been showing himself to the disciples in order to prove to them that he was indeed resurrected. We read in Luke 24, See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see me, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. Jesus opened their minds and their hearts so they would understand. Then he told them, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and unto the outermost part of the earth. I will send a power upon you, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father has promised. Christ's work on earth was completed. It was time for him to ascend to heaven and enter into his reign but just before leaving Christ gathered his disciples close to Bethany east of Jerusalem this is where he made a final gesture for his disciple and for his church he lifted up his hands and blessed them when we have to part with a close friend or with a family member or when death takes away someone dear to our hearts the last words spoken the last gestures made live on permanently in our memories in our hearts when leaving this world jesus wanted while leaving when leaving this world jesus wanted to impart a lasting memory in the minds, in the hearts of his disciples. The gesture he made was for the group as a whole. This group was a representative of the whole church. So he lifted up his hands and he blessed them. And this blessing was for all his church. They all greatly needed this blessing. So also today we all need, we absolutely need this same blessing. It was not the first time that people had been blessed by Jesus' hands. His hand had multiplied two loaves of bread and five fish to feed a huge crowd. His hands had touched the eyes of the blind man. His hands had touched a leper and healed him. His hands had seized the hand of a young girl who had just died and had brought her back to life. When Peter was sinking into the water, he stretched out his hand and took hold of him. He took little children in his arms and blessed them. Thousands of people had been blessed by the hands of Christ. But the blessing he gave while ascending into heaven was a first. It was different. It was a new blessing, a most special blessing. The hands that he lifted up were pierced pierced hands. The disciples saw the marks left by the nails. These marks were still there. One could not be mistaken. These hands were those of the one who had been nailed on the cross for us. Christ paid a very high price in order to bless us. Just before ascending into heaven, while still on earth and while leaving the earth, our high priest accomplished one last act of service for his church. Such is the true nature of this blessing. It was a priestly gesture, a gesture he made as our high priest. Christ had given his life for his church, and now he was blessing his church with the fruit of his own sacrifice. What does this all mean? Let's go back in time so we might better understand. In the Old Testament, a long time before, God assigned specific people for the blessing of the people of Israel. Aaron and his descendants were entrusted with the responsibility of giving a special blessing. First, they had to offer sacrifices for the people. Sinners came. Into the holy presence of God, they brought animals for their own sins. And the priest took the animals and sacrificed them on the altar. Blood flowed profusely. The priest was covered with blood from head to toe. He worked without a break. He had to offer many, many animals on the altar for all the sinners who were coming. It was an awful sight. One can imagine that, seeing all this, the truly repentant sinners must have shed some tears. This slaughter they were witnessing represented their their sins, their guilt before God. So they were sad and stricken for having offended the holy God. Then what happened? People had to wait until all sacrifices were offered. They waited for the priest to come out and make a final gesture at the end of the ceremony. Leviticus 9, that we read, says this, Then Aaron lifted up his hands toward the people and blessed them, and he came down from offering the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. And Moses and Aaron went into the tent of meeting, and when they came out, they blessed the people, and the glory of the Lord appeared to all the people. And fire came out from before the Lord, and consumed the burnt offering, and the pieces of fat on the altar. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces." First, sacrifices were offered, then came the blessing and the fire and God's glory. What was the meaning of this gesture? It meant everything is accomplished, all is finished, the sacrifices of the the animals have been accepted, sins have been taken away now the grace of God is upon you. His peace is with you. His glorious presence is among you. God himself dictated the words the priests were to say. And we find these words in Numbers chapter 6. Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, Thus you shall bless the people of Israel. You shall say to them, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. But there was a big problem with this system. All the priest could say was, you have been forgiven today, but the next day would bring new sins And more sacrifices would need to be offered for those sins. And even these sacrifices, in a way, could never really clean these people from their sins. And the day after, more would be needed again. Hundreds, thousands, millions of animals slaughtered on the altar day after day until the coming of the last lamb the Lamb of God, a Lamb without spot or blemish, the Son of God made man. He came and offered his own sacrifice, his own life as sacrifice for us. Christ, our High Priest, was covered with blood from head to toe. But it was his own blood he was covered with. The blood he shed in order to take our sins, your sins, upon him. And then he was buried. And then three days later, he came back to life. Forty days later, he ascended into heaven in glory. And what did he do just before? He lifted up his hands and gave His blessing. Do you now understand the meaning of this gesture that he made? It was a priestly gesture, meaning the atonement is accomplished. All is finished. My sacrifice has been accepted. Your sins are forgiven. The grace and peace of God are upon you. The glory of God is among you, is with you. I will never leave you. I will be with you all until the end of the world. Never before had such a blessing been given. Never had such a powerful and rich blessing been bestowed. And never will it need to be repeated. It is a permanent blessing. It is a blessing without end. Christ did not utter a quick blessing in 30 seconds and then turn his back on his disciples while ascending into heaven. No, he ascended into heaven while blessing them. Verse 51 says, While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into heaven. While He blessed them it is a continuous continuous action all the while he was ascending Jesus never stopped blessing his disciples and he has never stopped since then in the Old Testament the priests had no choice but to let their arms go down just to start over with the sacrifices on the following day but now the last sacrifice has been offered once and for all and so the blessing is permanent it has no end today Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of his father and he is still blessing his church and he does it continually. Until he returns, he will never cease to bless his people. This is the reason why at the end of the worship service, Sunday after Sunday, the minister is authorized by Christ himself to make the gesture that you all know. The minister lifts up his hands, and blesses the assembly in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Sunday after Sunday, this blessing is repeated. It never ceases, and it is valid all through the week. So then we should be satisfied with this blessing. We should be content. We should be more than happy. It is fully sufficient. To fill our deepest needs. And so, how should we respond? So, this is our second part the response to this blessing. The disciples' response is remarkable. We read this response in verses 52 and 53 And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. What a wonderful response. What a surprising response. Worship and joy. This means that they fully understood Christ's gesture. They were not sad seeing him departing They worshiped him. Literally, they fell on their knees. Do you ever fall on your knees in true worship? When we come before God as we do today, there is no option, no other option. Remember the reaction of the people of Israel in Leviticus 9 Aaron lifted up his hands and blessed the people. Then God's glory appeared. And when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their knees. On the Day of Ascension, the disciples reacted exactly the same way. Why did Israel in the Old Testament respond with great joy and worship? Because their sins were forgiven. Because they received God's peace and grace. Because they were filled with God's glory. It was confirmed to them. They saw the hands of the priest blessing them. Already at that time, the grace and peace of God was upon his people. They even saw the glory of God in in a big fire. God was present among them. When Jesus ascended into heaven, The disciples did not see any fire. fire. They saw the fire a few days later at Pentecost. But during that day, they saw something even better, better than fire. They saw Christ himself ascending to heaven in the midst of clouds. In a glorious way, he ascended into heaven. How could they rejoice? Their Lord was departing from them. They would not see him anymore. He was leaving for a very distant place, way up in the sky. True, Jesus left in body, but he had promised his disciples the fire of the Holy Spirit. He had promised to be with them until the end of the world. This is why They rejoiced. Christ was leaving them in body to be with them in a closer, in a more intimate way, in their hearts, in our hearts, through his Holy Spirit. Their joy must have been amazing. God's blessing assures us of his grace, his peace, and his presence among us, a redeeming presence, a comforting presence, a presence which brings deep and lasting peace. So the disciples went back to Jerusalem and what did they do there? They went to the temple in order to bless God. It might seem strange for us that they went to the temple to worship. We must understand that they lived in a transition period, right after the ascension and just before Pentecost. They were still waiting for the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that had been promised. In the meantime, going to the temple to worship was just a natural thing to do for them. They had gone many times in the past, but this time it was different. This time what they saw in the temple reminded them of what Jesus did. Seeing the priests offering lambs as sacrifices, they remembered that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God who, was, um, who uh, gave his life to wash away our sins and hearing the words of the blessing spoken spoken by the priest in the temple, they remembered the words of the blessing spoken by Christ just before, while he was ascending into heaven. So they now understood the true meaning of all these symbols, which were mere shadows. And so all that Christ did was in order to accomplish all these ceremonies, all these symbols. So they blessed God openly before everybody. They blessed God, they praised God. They were not afraid anymore. Before, they had been hiding, paralyzed by fear. And sometimes we may be paralyzed by fear too. Feeling guilty, feeling defeated, not assured of God's grace, of God's presence. But now their hearts were filled with joy, and they were praising God before the eyes of everybody. So we should be praising God before the eyes of everybody, not fearing anyone, being filled with the assurance that we have peace with God and that God's presence is among us know that first Jesus blesses his church, and then the church blesses God. The order is very important. The only way we can worship God is first to receive his grace. Without his blessing, no one can truly worship God. And through his blessing, we receive new hearts that love him a new desire to worship to worship him and to serve him we receive new hearts that want to praise him and to bless him so worshiping god is not a mere formality it must come from the bottom of our hearts that is what the disciples were doing Is that the way we worship? Do we praise God with joy, with all our hearts, with all our minds, and with all our strength? Or is worshiping a mere formality for us, a boring ritual that we have to sit through until it's over? Day by day, the disciples were in the temple praising God. It does not mean that each one of them was there 24 hours a day, but it means that they went every time that they could. They were looking forward to it. They took delight in in it. It was their greatest delight. Can we say the same? We now have even more reasons to praise and to bless God than the people gathered on the day of Ascension. The Spirit of God has now been poured out on the church. God's revelation is complete. We have the full Word of God. We should be praising and blessing God all the more. Dear brothers and sisters, is the Ascension of Christ a living reality in our lives? In our daily lives? Do we live under Christ's lifted hands, who is now ascended into heaven and blessing us continually? Do we receive His forgiveness that we desperately need? Do we receive His grace day by day, His peace, His glorious presence that fills our, our hearts? What do others see when they look at us? Do they see fearful people afraid to live in this world? People who are scared of the future? People feeling guilty of their sins? Defeated, sad, with no hope? Or do they see radiant people, people who have been freed? People living under Christ's blessing? full of hope for the future. True, sin is still present in our lives. We all have our struggles. We face many trials and frustrations. There is still a lot of work awaiting us for the building of His Church. The Lord has entrusted us with the task of living for His glory. He has called us to be His witnesses to go and proclaim the gospel to all nations on earth. It is not always easy, and we do not always know how to go about it. But beyond that, what should be prevailing in our lives is the final impression Christ left on his church while ascending into heaven. If we cherish in our hearts the last gesture Christ made, then we will truly enjoy his grace and his peace and his glorious presence among us. We will have the assurance of God's favor upon us. We will live as people who have been brought to fullness in him, as people who find their hope for everything in Him alone. May God grant us the same joy He granted His disciples, and may Christ, our King, ascended into heaven, receive from our lips and through our lives all honor and glory due to Him. Amen.